This is One Pretty Ricky, and you're tuned into the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. This show covers the latest and greatest from NDSU men's and women's basketball, including interviews with key Bison players. Let's join the man rolling with the thunder, your host and my friend, Brandon Geffrey. Thank you, DJ One Pretty Ricky, for the intro. Welcome in to another episode of the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. Uh, my name is Brandon Jeffrey, the host of the podcast. You can find the podcast on Twitter, TH Hoops Podcast, uh, and then personal account, BGEF08. Uh, I'm on both of them quite a bit. Check me out on Twitter there. Uh, love to talk fans and interact with everybody there. And if you have any ideas or conversations you'd like to hear on the show, please please reach out and let me know uh i got a full show this week uh so we'll get kind of right to it here i got an uh, interview with Javis miller coming up and then i have uh madison from the reaching the summit women's basketball podcast uh nice long chat with her um kind of all things women's hoops across the summit league similar to to what we had with todd on the men's side a couple of weeks ago so um a couple of great interviews there and we'll get into those uh here in a bit uh started off as we always do recapping the men's games from last week and what a what a game <laughs> kick things off on thursday for ndsu um absolutely dismantling omaha uh in in that one they they just absolutely rolled a 47 to 17 halftime uh lead um came out firing at all cylinders came out locked in on defense uh played very well uh, throughout that first half, um, fired on all cylinders and and just kind of never left a doubt in that one. All five starters scored double scored in double figures. Um, Morgan sixteen, Nelson nineteen, Wheeler Thomas twelve, Javis Miller thirteen, Scunberg twelve. Um, just a great game all around. Shot fifty one percent from the field, thirty one percent from three. Honestly a ton of open threes in that first half that didn't fall. That could have been even uglier uh, of a score than it was if uh, NDSU hit shot a little bit better from three, but um, 18 assists. I think that was a season high in assists. Uh, so really moved the ball well, passed well. Uh, but the thing to take note of was, was the defense. Um, you know, Omaha doesn't, doesn't shoot that poorly against everybody. Um you know, the record wouldn't say that they're they're fantastic by any means, but uh, they're definitely usually more competitive than they were in that game. And it came from NDSU really forcing jump shots. Um, they they kind of took away the three pretty well uh, and wouldn't let anybody really get in the paint on them. There are a, a lot of 12 to 15, 16, 17 foot jump shots at the end of the shot clock uh, for Omaha. And they just they weren't falling for them. So uh, great defensive effort. Uh, got a little lackadaisical in the second half, and obviously, um, you know, that'll happen when you're up by 30 uh, going into halftime. But um, 84 to 58 victory, uh, just a, a complete dismantling of Omaha, exactly what NDSU uh, needed to get back on track after after a pretty tough road trip down to the to South Dakota schools a week before. Uh, then Saturday, Denver came to town. Denver, uh, a little more complete, a little more competitive team. Uh, then Omaha this season, they're, they're battling, trying to stay, um, you know, out of a play and in the standings. Um, and they, they kept it tight throughout and really that NDSU played pretty well defensively. I thought, 
Um, they gave up some late in the shot clock backdoor cuts uh, for, for some easy layups. I'd say probably eight to 10 points that, that NDSU just kind of gave Denver. Um, but without those, uh, you, you know, they're holding them, you know, to probably 60 or 62 points uh, and played very well on the defensive end for the most part. Most of Denver's scoring did come late in the shot clock. They, they didn't get good shots a lot of the times, but they did get some to go. Um, and so another solid defensive performance from NDSU for the most part, I would say 80% solid, 20% suspect. Um, but offensively, uh, the team just couldn't get going. I think they were shooting about 31% in the first half. Um, got that number up to finish the game at 42%, uh, mostly carried in this game by Bones Gunberg. Uh, he absolutely <laughs> came alive, uh, probably wasn't his highest scoring game of the season. I don't think, I think he had more points at Omaha when he hit seven threes, but I think it was the best overall, uh, offensive performance that he had, uh, 30 points, seven rebounds, six to 10 from three, 11 for 21 overall, and really every time NDSU needed a bucket, he'd hit one. And so, um, great game by Bowden, uh, Grant Nelson, you know, had 13, 11, uh, also had eight assists. So not, won't necessarily jump out at you on the scoring with only 13 points as we're been accustomed to Grant Nelson doing, uh, you know, 20, 30 point games. Um, but 13, 11 and eight, um, you know, another great performance from him all around, uh, got a lot of double teams, saw a lot of double teams passed out of him very well um, and found the open guys to get those eight assists. So Andrew Morgan, you know, did not have uh, a great game. He had a bunch of shots that just did, wouldn't go underneath. It was kind of that day for NDSU. Grant Nelson also had, you know, some buckets that he normally you'll see him make, uh, you know, eight to 10 feet from the basket uh, and couldn't get him to go. So, not a great shooting day from the big guys, um, but DeMarley Wheeler-Thomas put together a solid game uh, to Davis Miller, hit a couple of threes as well. Um, so guys, the other guys stepped up, Bone Scunberg kind of carried the load, uh, and they finished out the game, closed it out, and and got the two home wins that they desperately needed to try to uh, avoid the ORU side of the bracket in the Summit League tournament. So um, we definitely... Needed those and some other things uh, over the weekend broke uh, NDSU's way. As I discussed last week, um, we NDSU really needed uh, Kansas City to, to beat Western uh, on Thursday, and they did. Uh, and then ORU also um, won both their games. They swept as obvious. They're obviously still undefeated. So they beat both Western and St. Thomas uh, to kind of knock them down the, the standings. And then on Saturday, um, the Kansas City St. Thomas game was kind of a toss up, but uh, probably better for NDSU if if St. Thomas won that game since um, just just because Kansas City already has a victory over them uh, and, and St. Thomas did. So it gave NDSU sat him alone in third um, in the three seed spot currently. And with with those games working out the way that they did. Uh, now puts NDSU back in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny to getting that three seed. Um, they basically need to go three and one, uh, beat Kansas City uh, here Thursday on the road. Going to be a tough game, tough environment. When NDSU never really plays particularly well uh, down there. Um, I've had some battles over the years. Um, you know, Kansas City really plays well at home. So be a tough one, but if they can get that one, uh, get out of there with a W. 
and then, you know, head to Oral Roberts on Saturday. Um, you know, then they have uh, the closing week. They have Western Illinois and St. Thomas uh, at home, who are the two teams right on their heels behind them. And if they win those two games, they secure the three seed. It's pretty, pretty straightforward for them. So huge games coming up. Uh, we'll take a quick preview um, of those two games here this week against Kansas City and Oral Roberts um right after we we talked to Tajavis so we'll jump into that interview with Tajavis now and then we'll come back and and do a quick preview of those games and then we will move on to the women's side I'm now joined on the podcast by true freshman guard uh number two Tajavis Miller Tajavis thanks for taking some time out of your evening and welcome to the podcast yes sir thank you for having me absolutely uh first things first I, I got to go back and touch on something. Beginning of the season, there's a video, uh, NDSU, I think Wes put it together. Uh, they took a little poll on the team on player you'd oh, least sorry. like to be stuck on an island with. Yes, and, uh, you, you you got a pretty overwhelming number of votes, even from a couple of the coaches. What what gives there, man? Why, why doesn't anybody want to be on an island with you? I guess because everybody says I talk a lot, but uh, <laughs> that's the main reason. But I feel it would be pretty fun to have me on an island. Well, you got to be entertained while you're stuck there, right? Yes, sir. So um, you graduated from high school in Texas, you know, Lubbock area. Just tell us a little bit about uh favorite part growing up there, just kind of what it was like uh, going to high school in Texas and, you know, dealing with that lovely weather that they have down there. Oh, it was pretty cool. It was a lot different, though. Um, moving from California to going to Texas where there's not really much to do out there, no traffic or nothing like that. But um, it was pretty cool graduating. I like the basketball out there. Everything out there is big. Um, walked in the gym. It was pretty crazy. Had the whole arena. It was it was wild. Yeah, they it. yeah they dumped some some money into athletics in Texas. That's that's yes, for sure. So yeah, so you mentioned coming moving from California. Um, you finished high school in Texas, but you're actually originally even from up in this area. So uh, just <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, you know where you're born, just kind of the trek you made. I know your your mom coached softball, so obviously moving a little yes, bit at that. So just kind of tell us uh, a little bit about that, where you bounced around to, the different places you've been. Uh, I was born in Georgia. Um, then I moved to here, North Dakota, when I was six. Because uh, my mom's a softball coach, was a softball coach here at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we lived here for maybe three or four years. Then we ended up moving to Iowa because she got a coaching job at Iowa State there. Um, I think we were there about the same time. Then ended up moving to California where she got another coaching job. Uh, we were there for four years. And then ended up moving to Texas, Lubbock, and then... She had the coaching job at Texas Tech, and then we ended up moving to a different part of Dallas where she's at right now, where she's a head coach at Texas A&M Commerce. Yeah, so obviously um, a lot of family going on. You got a large family, so it's you. Yes, you have, uh, six brothers and sisters, is that correct? Yes, sir. I have three brothers and three sisters. Are you? Where do you fall in uh, oldest to youngest in that range? I'm in the middle. Uh, it goes my older brother, older sister, then me. And then a younger sister and two younger brothers and then another younger sister. I would I looked up, I saw in your mom's coaching profile, um, then your sibling's name. You got some pretty unique, cool names in the family. Yes, but then out I, I believe after you were born, everybody switched to starting with the name T. Did they did you just yes, make sir. it yes, sir. You, yes, sir. you make it too hard on them that you they had to, to make it I, I make it easier? So. I don't know. <laughs> 
sir. But they all still got pretty unique names, so it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I it, awesome. So just talk a little bit. Your dad played football. Mom played softball, obviously, uh, and coaches. Um, you're in basketball. Rest of the siblings, are you, you got other athletes in the family? Who? What else? Other sports that you um, playing, or is it just just kind of you playing basketball? My older brother, he plays at Missouri S and T. I think he's going to be a senior next year. Okay. Yeah, so he's at Missouri S and T right now, and then um, I have a my older sister. She played basketball at a JUCO in Texas, but she recently tore ACL, so she's not playing right now. And then my two younger brothers, they're think I'm gonna go with eight and seven. <laughs> Eight and seven, eight and six, one of the two, but they play football, basketball, and baseball. And oh, nice. So, Playing it all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did you play additional sports growing up as well? Are you football, baseball at all, or were you just kind of basketball the whole um, way? I played football up until eighth grade, and then I just started focusing on basketball, but I played one year of baseball, too, so, and that wasn't really <laughs> Not not as not as quick pace as the rest of the games, right? No, sir. No, sir. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about your recruiting process. Um, you had a decent amount of offers coming in. A lot of you know, kind of the southern and west coast schools. Obviously, the ones that saw you probably play a little bit more often. And then mm-hmm. NDSU kind of came into the mix. So, um, what uh, when did NDSU get in the mix? And then kind of what made you decide uh, to come to NDSU? Uh, NDSU came in my junior summer where I was playing for Texas Impact. And I think we first started talking when we were in, I think, Indianapolis. Pretty sure it was Indianapolis. And then we just started kept talking. And then we got on a Zoom call and then got to know the coaches a little bit better. Um, was on the Zoom call with the whole staff. And then that's when they gave me my offer. And then we just kept a close connection after that throughout my senior year. And then everything being tied back here to where I started playing basketball here to the connection with the coaches when we got me back here. Nice. So let's talk uh, a little bit about after you got here. So freshman season, true freshman, you come in trying to get in the groove of things and then you get a little foot injury right, right out of the gate. Um, what what was that kind of like just trying to get into the beginning of the season when you're missing some time coming in, you know, as a freshman, just, you know, what what was that experience like when you lost a couple of weeks of practice there? Uh, it, really, it wasn't fun at all. Um, kind of sucked, but it was just about staying active, still doing lifts and stuff like that, doing the things I'm able to do, doing form shooting, um, not being able to really use my other foot. And then as time went on, it got better, started to get back into practice more. Um, and then after that, it just got better. It was a little slower start coming back for like my first game, but then started getting to the groove of things. Absolutely. You, you, uh, you seem to have a little bit of injury bug following you this season, had the little rolled ankle, caused you a couple games and then back spasms a game. So, um, out, you know, outside of those injuries coming into the year, what's been the biggest adjustment, uh, for you just going from high school ball, uh, to D- the D one level? this season? Uh, I would say um, defense being the main focus. That's really what it is. Uh, I really had to change how I played defense um, and had to get a lot better at it too. So that's about it. Uh, one thing 
I really like about your game that I've noticed, uh, you're, you're a great passer. You seem to have really good court vision um, and then the ability to make the pass when, when you see that it's there. So um, is that something you've kind of developed and what kind of pride do you take in, in being able to make the right pass and see the pass? Uh, is that something that's always been a big part of your game? Um, the way I usually see it, if I'm not doing anything to like score the ball on offense, like why not give other guys easy shots to make the game easier for them? And that usually helps the team. Um, so, and then it just feels good to see the other guys score and like them showing emotion after a shot. So. The, the, uh, the best pass and best emotion I think we got out of the year was the alley oop off the backboard. They threw to Grant down, and I think it was Omaha. Omaha yeah. Omaha. <laughs> so uh, just walk through that steal and the decision to uh, instead of taking the dunker layup yourself, you throwing it off the backboard to Grant. And was where, where, were, you, um, where were you going? It started there? with a drive and kick out three, and, and Grant like kind of tipped the ball. And I was running the same section, so I grabbed it and we were running. And I just looked back and saw he was sprinting it. Uh, I was like, why not reward him? He got the steal. So I saw him chilling. So I just threw it up and went and got it. And, and coach, coach, give you the pass on that one since it worked out. Did he give you a hard time about throwing that ball off the backboard at all? Uh, he didn't. He didn't. He was kind of hyped about it too. So. That's great. So, and not, not to be outdone, uh, you had a nice little dunk yourself here a couple of weeks ago at home with a nice little cradle dunk. I, I heard, so. I think it was, I think it was Coach Miller. A strength coach on uh, the coaches show a couple weeks ago said he didn't even he wasn't even sure you could dunk before he saw that, that one in the game. Was Coach Sash? Is that who it was? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, so uh, we we gonna get get some more of that going in the season. You're obviously apparently not dunking enough in practice, so you gotta yeah. get that rolling. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Uh, <laughs> had my knee hurting the rest of the game after that one. I used to <laughs> going up like that, so we gonna well, see. For sure. So we got uh, four really important games here left uh, before the tournament. Um, kind of what what's the big key for you guys in these four games? Obviously, you got to take them one at a time, but just kind of what's the overall keys to you guys making sure that you play play your best ball uh, as we head down the stretch here? Um, just going on and do what we do best, uh, start off on defense, get our bigs going inside to open up for us on the outside. Um, but the main focus is sitting down on defense and getting a lot of stops. Absolutely. Uh, conference tournament coming up, Summit League tournaments, one of the best attended conference tournaments uh, in the country, I believe the most attended for the mid-major. So what, what are you looking forward to most uh, for that first conference tournament experience? Um, oh, the guys were talking about it in the locker room, they said, if we thought the SDSU game was crazy, just wait till those games. So I'm a little bit, little bit excited, but a little bit nervous at the same time. It's always cool to play in that type of environment. Yeah, it's uh, playing in frost is one thing when you got three times as many people in the in the yes, den. It's it's definitely an environment sure. that's for sure. Um, all right, we're cutting down here on time, so I'll I'll get to a few uh, quick quick fire questions here, and then we'll we'll get sure. you out of here in about your night. So uh, first one. I gotta ask everybody, what's favorite food? What's your go-to? The wings. I need barbecue wings. Regular, or tr traditional, or or both? Traditional. You know, yes, traditional. traditional. Uh, favorite non-basketball hobby. I'm gonna say play the game. Board game or video game? Video game. 
uh, college basketball arena you'd most like to play in that you haven't played in yet? Um, North Carolina. It's a good one. Uh, favorite sports memory that you have thus far in your career? Any any age? Um, I'm gonna say winning the state title in Iowa for AAU. That was pretty cool. Right, what age, What age group was that? When did you do that? <sighs> I think it was fourth or fifth grade, one of the two. Nice. Yeah, a little while back. Uh, last one I got for you. Mom's a softball coach. Can can you go out there and hit some bombs on the softball field with some slow I pitch? Uh, I, I thought I still had it. This is not there anymore. <laughs> well, that's a that's softball's a sport I play. So someday when you're you're old and retired from from the basketball game, maybe maybe get back into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks a ton for taking some time to join me. A couple of huge games on the road this week, and then we'll see you back home uh, for the final homestand before the tournament. So, James, thanks thanks a ton for coming on, and best of luck this week on the road. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Thanks a ton uh, to Javis for taking some time to join me. Uh, great to get to know these guys, uh, especially the freshmen that we don't know much about uh, coming into this season. So taking a look at this week, uh, NDSU's got a, a couple of big ones. The ones that kind of punched uh, NDSU in the mouth at home, uh, the, the trip against Kansas City and Oral Roberts. So uh, Kansas City's the big one. Um, NDSU needs it to stay in the three seat driver's three seat driver's seat. Uh, and and really just needs to get get that game uh, to ensure they at least get a split on the road because uh, beating ORU is going to be a tall task, uh, especially on the road. So um, going into it, I I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the St. Thomas Kansas City game from from Saturday, but uh, I hope Coach Richmond and the staff have and they do whatever St. Thomas did defensively because. Shamari Allen and Raquandis Mitchell did not even attempt a three pointer in that game. Uh, they went. <laughs> a combined five for 16 from the field with no attempted three pointers. Uh, Kansas city as a whole went, went two for 15 from three and only 14 of 51 from the field. They shot 27%. So um, I off shooting night, you know, little down from the road trip from, from Western up to, to Minneapolis. I'm, I'm not sure what it was, but Kansas city might've been the worst conference game they played all season. So they will obviously be looking to bounce back uh, at home. Uh, against NDSU. So that's going to be a dogfight, uh, as it always is with them, uh, and one that's very important to both of these teams. Kansas City trying not to to drop down into the play-in game, and uh, NDSU trying to get up to the three-seed and hang on to the three-seed. Kansas City can still get to the three-seed, um, you know, depending how well they play on the way out here. So a uh, huge game um, for, for both teams, so it'll be a battle. Uh, and then NDSU heads to Oral Roberts on Saturday. Uh, that's that's going to be as tall of a task as you can ask for. Um, beating Oral Roberts on their home floor uh, as the clock turns towards March uh, is going to be real tough. So um, Oral Roberts coming off uh, the sweeps over of St. Thomas and, and Western. Uh, both games competitive. Um, both teams really gave uh, gave Oral Roberts a run for their money. Uh, St. Thomas had a close, late, fantastic environment up there in Shonaker Arena. Um, that one was was fun to watch. 
Uh, and then, you know, Western Hall, um, Masner was was the key for Western, kept hitting some threes, keep it a minute. Um, and so they held on uh, to a nine-point win at Oral Roberts, seven-point win against St. Thomas. So uh, a couple of close ones, um, but they were on the road. Uh, Oral Roberts is a whole different beast at home. So um, they'll be ready for NDSU. They know NDSU. <laughs> they, they showed it here the first game. Um, that they haven't forgotten that NDSU swept them in three games and knocked them out of the Summit League tournament last year. So it'll be another another battle, um, one that NDSU is definitely hoping to keep closer than the first first meeting, uh, and they're going to go down there and try to take care of business. A, a sweep this weekend for NDSU would be huge uh, for the seeding seeding run, uh, but at least a split is is critical. Uh, I don't know if NDSU can hang on to the three seed um, without it. it it's mathematically possible yes uh but the way the way the things are looking heading down the stretch it'd be really tough uh to go over to this weekend and still still be the three seed so got those games coming up and we'll keep uh keep an eye out on those uh at home this week will be the women um they're some much needed home games for them after a very disappointing road trip uh for the ladies they they went down to Omaha and to Denver, and and quite honestly, they just they just didn't play well. Um, they didn't shoot well. Uh, they turned the ball over, and just not not good fundamental bison late women's basketball that we've been accustomed to when they played well this season. So, um, not a not a fun road trip. I know Coach Collins was pretty disappointed with the effort. I heard him talk about it a bit on the on the coach's show, um, and they just need to play better. Uh, and coming home, uh, they're going to need to do so right away uh, here this weekend. So on the road, first game uh, against Omaha was was a tight, tight battle. Only, you know, NDSU only lost by five. It came back late, you know, outscored Omaha 18-11 in the fourth, but just built too big of a hole. Um, and it was really watching the game. It was some missed, missed shots around the rim in the paint that, should go um and then just the turnovers they didn't you know the total number um you know of that they put up was not not horrible with only 11 turnovers but in the manner of which they turned the ball over was just not good most of the turnovers were uh you know just an outlet pass Aaron outlet pass out of bounds kicking it to the corner and, and throwing it over somebody's head um, you know, if you're trying to get a make a good pass or, you know, you get the ball stolen from your driving through traffic, some of those turnovers happen and you can tolerate, but the ones that are just mental, mental gaps are, are, are tough to deal with. And that's what a lot of what happened against Omaha, um, you know, having Hamling only going four for 12 from the field also hurt. Um, Taylor Brown had a tough game, only three for 11 from the field. So, um, just didn't shoot well, shot 35%, only 15% from three, and a lot of good looks from three, too. They had a lot of open threes and just couldn't knock them down, and and that was the difference in that one. Um, then went to Denver, uh, more of the same. Um, you know, struggled uh, to shoot the ball, shot 37% again, uh, 29% from three. So the three points percentage was a little bit better. Um, but still just, just not efficient enough. Um, you know, only turned the ball over eight times, uh, but you know, couldn't, couldn't stop Denver. Couldn't keep them from, from putting up, uh, good numbers. The big thing was, was the fouls again, uh, 30 free throws attempted by Denver, 25 makes, 
Uh, they also shot 50%, 8 for 16 from 3, uh, and 48% overall. So Denver was very efficient on the offensive end, um, and NDSU just couldn't keep up with them with their offensive performance. So rough weekend. Um, two games that I you know, I covered in the podcast last week thought they definitely should be able to go down and get after winning fairly comfortably at home. I knew the Omaha one would be tough, um, but they still should definitely should have should have had that one. Uh, but the third round get some home cooking here. Um, we got a three-way tie for second uh, in the Summit League now. Um, thankfully, Oral Roberts also got swept last weekend on the women's side, but UND uh, swept the <laughs> Omaha and Denver, and so they climbed right into it. So what looked like a comfortable lead for ORU and NDSU uh, turned into UND adding themselves to the mix, and now it's a three-way tie there in second place. So uh, we'll talk about that with Madison here coming up. Uh, about what that's looking like and, and preview these games. Um, and then I'll come back and just do a little recap after that. Um, and we'll see where we're headed from there. So with that, uh, we're going to jump into the interview with Madison from the Reaching the Summit Women's Podcast. Um, and I'll come back to wrap up. I'm now joined on the podcast by Madison Van Walligan Bostain. Nope, I already see. I just learned it and I already butchered it. We just talked about this. <laughs> Boston, uh, from the Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. Um, so she's going to join us, talk a little bit about women's hoops in the Summit League. Uh, Madison, thanks a ton for taking some time to join me. I know you got a busy schedule uh, as well. Uh, why don't you first just tell everybody a little bit about the Women's Reaching the Summit Podcast and where they can find it, um, and then we'll jump on in. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter um, at Reach Summit Pod W. So the same thing as the men's pod, but just add the W for the women um, at the end. You can also occasionally find power rankings on the website. I have not been as good about getting those out every week, but it's a lot. And I'm not good at math. So like I will sit there looking at everyone's rankings and I'll count and then I'll do the points and then I'll be like, wait. <laughs> Why is it only this? And then I'm like, oh, we only had eight voters this week. So then I got to start over. I just need to like color code it. But you can occasionally find our power rankings on the website and you can find us with dank tweets on Twitter. Yeah, tweets are great. Uh, I also want to give you a shout out. Uh, you can maybe just plug on, I, I think it's on your podcast Twitter account and I'm not sure where else, but uh, the Women and Girls in Sports Day video that you did uh, was awesome. So where can that be found for anybody that wants to check out and watch that? Go back and watch that as well. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. That took a lot of time, um, but it was really fun. I did tweet it. Um, I can go back and pin it. I think it might be pinned on Twitter. You can also find it on YouTube. If you just um, type in NGWSD, like National Girls Women in Sports Day, um, my volleyball one is like the third one that comes up and the basketball one is right after that. So it's um, on the YouTube for you as well, but definitely a good opportunity to sit down and talk to some people in the league. Um, I know Ruth Sin, like her little spiel made me cry. Every time I watch it, it makes me cry. Her talking about her mom um, was a really good way to end it. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. that yeah, absolutely. Work, they were, they were fantastic. And I, you know, the, I don't think a lot of people get to see a lot of the other faces in the league as often as as they should. So that was great for that too. Uh, so jumping into basketball, Summit League Women's Hoops, uh, I just want to start, we'll start with the freight train that is SDSU. I know you're a fan alum 
all that fun stuff. I, this is, you know, I had Tim on as well. And now the two people that I brought on are Jack's fans. I should probably spread that out a little bit. I know. But, uh... Well, it's probably starting. <laughs> Jordan's going to want me on his Yote podcast now too. <laughs> but uh, they started the season top 25, lost right away to Creighton, won their second game, fell out of the top 25 despite that. Haven't made it back in despite a uh, pretty strong showing. I know Louisville's number 10 when they beat them and then they fell out of the top 25, that kind of thing. But are you surprised they haven't got back into the top 25 um, just based on their overall performance this season? Yes and no. Um, if you take out the West Coast, who would we play? Washington State, Montana State. If you erase that and they're still not in the top 25, I'm pissed because yes, it's, it's a respect. It's, it's a, a lack of respect, a one bid league type of just, we don't respect the league type of thing. Um, but I think there just was, there was just enough inconsistency in the non-con to keep them out of the top 25. And unfortunately I think it's going to hurt them um, in the, in the seating for the NCAA tournament, but yeah, I, but we'll see. So I guess yes and no. I agree. I, the Washington state one was a bad one. Uh, a couple of their wins that they did have don't look as good now as they did in the beginning either. Montana state, actually not, not a bad loss. All things considered they're leading the big sky, um, but just not, you know, not a power team. So, um, but outside of SDSU uh, league's been quite the wild ride this year. It's been all up and down. So early non-conference NDSU was rolling, then dropped four straight. Uh, UND was looking really good, got into conference play and dropped some games early. Oral Roberts was scoring like 90 points a game through a few games with giving up a hundred points a game. So it didn't get a lot of wins. Uh, so a lot of up and down kind of all season. Um, and now it's kind of left us with a big old jumble from two, two to six. Uh, but what's been the biggest surprise for you outside of SDSU, the other nine teams, uh, whether good or bad, um, just what, what's been the biggest surprise so far? Um, I I don't know. I talk a lot about Omaha and I think people are getting tired of it, but you have to understand that since I've been like obsessed with the league, paying attention to the league, Omaha has not been good. So whether they had wins over the top five or not, they were third in the league at one point, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 30% of the way into the season, Omaha was third in the league. And I don't think people understand how monumental that is. Right now, Omaha is tied for six. And I know we're going to get into that later. Um, but they're like, I think we decided they're two games out of the second place. Like, yeah. do people don't understand how big that is for Carrie Banks, for Omaha, for Elena Pilacuda, who I had on the podcast. Like, people just don't understand how big of a deal that is. I think outside of Omaha, Oral Roberts certainly gave me a scare um the first night of league play in Brookings I was like oh crap and then they kind of got you know a little bit inconsistent came down a bit but they've been they've been steamrolling but I don't know if I can pick just one I just I don't know yeah in a bad way I would say Kansas City I'm I I guess not that I'm surprised because I know they lost a lot um but it just kind of sucks I just wish that they were that it was going better for them but yeah, losing losing your coach to a big Big Twelve school and your you know first team all conference player to that same Big Twelve school definitely a blow. Can we talk about how did anyone see that coming? 
Because I woke up one day and saw JC Hoyt in a full orange suit and I was like, ma'am, good for you, but I'm sorry, what? Kind of yeah, like I... Don Plitzewit poaching Danny Nichols. Like in the, I just, I, I had to fact, someone said that in the group chat. I was like, I'm going to fact check because no. And then I was like, wait, what? Like that, it just caught me off guard when JC left. Good for her, but I didn't see that coming. I, she was on, I mean, from what she took Kansas City, I mean, she's kind of like what what's happened in Omaha kind of coming up. I mean, Kansas City was bottom of the barrel uh, and she really brought them up. They were the second, third best team, you know, probably the third best team in the league outside of the two South Dakota schools last year. So, um, yeah, I, and I think she's a fantastic coach, and and she's awesome. And then obviously uh, Naomi gonna take her opportunity to go play Big Twelve ball with her coach in her in her final season. So can't fault her for that, and she's killing it there too. So kudos Absolutely. to she them. She could have gone. She could have gone Power Five to begin with. Yeah, if you yeah, ask me, I, I believe so as well. Um, speaking of some players, uh, so. We've got everybody knows the names Selin, Larkin, uh, you know, Hamling, everybody else. Uh, but who's a player that's impressed you this season that you didn't see coming that might might have been really killing it? You know, I think last year, um, Kenny Joe Lippy kind of took the lead for Oral Roberts a bit last year, but outside of her, they were, I would argue, well, and outside of USC, I guess. If you take South Dakota schools out of the equation, ORU was probably the most balanced last year. Um, so I really didn't see Hannah Cooper coming out of nowhere this year. But here she is. You know, th- I think her actual average is like 22 points a game. But I'm going to say 30 because I've seen multiple games with her literally just lighting it up. And I'm like, dude, where where have you been? But also in the same way, I think Elena Pilacuda a little bit. We talked on the podcast about how she's just – been waiting she started a lot of games but was never scoring more than six or seven points a game and now she's got her opportunity so I think both of those two surprised me yeah I think Elena surprised me less just because I saw that coming I mean she's there's she's a unique size and talent player mm-hmm. uh she's a very efficient scorer when she gets the ball in the post so um I was saw that coming because they needed that um you know when they lost a couple of players uh to graduation so um, yeah, but yeah, Hannah Cooper, I, I was the same. I, I didn't know who Hannah Cooper was, I'm going to be honest with you, till this season kind of started. So uh, yeah, she's definitely impressed. Uh, so let's, we touched on a little bit Omaha being two games out. Let's let's just kind of dive into this jumble that we got, uh, the games we got left and what it's going to mean for the tournament here. Uh, four regular season games to go. We got three teams tied for second place. Uh they all go head to head this week. Well, other than NDSU and UND, but the three all play and against each other this weekend. Um, USD is a game back. Uh, Omaha and Denver game and a half, two games back, depending how you look at it. We've had that conversation, um, but also they're only a couple of games back from second, but they're also battling right now to stay out of the seventh spot and have to play the playing game. That's how tight it is. Right. is you got a shot at being the two seed, or you could be playing Friday night. Um, so this week, let's just kind of start with the top three teams. We got uh, UND and ORU playing Thursday, um, you know, and then ORU coming down to Fargo playing NDSU on Saturday. Uh, what what do you see kind of happening? I, ORU and NDSU both looked like they were going to be in a big old battle uh, for the two seed, and NDSU went and laid an egg this last weekend, um, you know, going over 2 on the road. 
uh, and Oral Roberts got swept as well. Didn't didn't really see that one coming either. Uh, and now that allowed UND to to get a sweep and tie it all up. So what what do you kind of see going into those two games uh, with ORU, UND, and NDSU? Yeah. Um... Well, here's the thing. The, so ORU's travel partner is Kansas City, right? So when so the the other school that the NDSU or the North Dakota schools are playing is Kansas City. Correct. Um so that being said, barring Kansas City walking on water this weekend, <laughs> um both North Dakota schools are getting out of this weekend with a win. Yeah. If not two. Um I do think I made a bold prediction literally after getting off of Zoom with Mallory Bernhard. I was like doing predictions and I was like, yeah, I think ORU is going to win. And then I was like, how, how am I saying that after just talking to Mallory? <laughs> um, but I think I think it's what I settled on was five point game. But I do think ORU is going to come stealing out of the Betty. So if that happens. Let's assume North Dakota State beats Kansas City on Thursday. I think that's probably going to happen. And ORU wins tomorrow. That makes the game between them on Saturday kind of the next game of the week, right? Because I was picking games of the week, and I was like, this game doesn't really – it's not a big deal yet. But if they both win, yeah, it becomes then it, a... now, it now becomes a bigger deal. Um, I think – you know, we were talking earlier. I do think it is a must-sweep for ORU if they want to be as secure as possible. But I also think that to win all their games or whatever, both games this weekend. But I think um, based on how NDSU played last week, I think ORU does get out, out with two wins this weekend. However, if NDSU plays really, really, really well tomorrow, despite the fact that they're playing Kansas City, then I – I don't really know. I've kind of said on my podcast that whatever happens on Thursday for pretty much everybody is going to be indicative of how they play on Saturday. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It seems like the teams, the men's on the men's side, you kind of, they've kind of been balanced. They can play a poor game Thursday, rebound, play well Saturday uh, or vice versa. It seems like in the women's games this, this season, if they haven't played well on, on Thursday, they haven't played well on Saturday either. It's kind of a whole weekend weekend situation, whether it's a bad week at practice, whether it's the travel mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Especially uh, on the road. Yeah, yeah, especially on the road. And that's been NDSU's kind of Achilles heel. So what I honestly, I didn't, it was a tight game with Omaha here going on the road. I, I wasn't surprised that they lost to Omaha. Um, I was very surprised that they lost to Denver after beating by almost 30 at home. So, that was that was a shocker uh, to me, and that one really hurt their situation because they kind of had the leg up on everybody. But yeah, I I, I think it's going to be a really good game between Oral Roberts and UND. Can you can Oral or you bounce back from getting swept? Uh, but they're still on the road. Um, UND hot right now, so uh, it'll be it'll be a good one. The bad news is NDSU and UND have already played twice, so they it's the relying Correct. on all the, somebody else to to figure that out kind of forum um on the other side of it we got omaha and denver playing the south dakota schools uh omaha and usd playing on thursday uh that one omaha's playing fairly well uh, they've been a little up and down uh usd's been up and down kind of all season 
Um, it's in Vermilion, which I think helps. If whoever wins that one is going to be feeling pretty good, they're going to get probably stay out of the play in game. I would think whoever wins wins that game, whoever loses that game is going to be fighting to stay out of the seven seed. So, what do you kind of see happening? there well here's the thing usd is coming off another really ugly loss to sdsu um at home which i don't know if you can even call it ugly at this point because it's it wasn't as bad as the first time which is good um and i know that i know people are going to be coming at me either and they got five girls injured on the bench yes i get it i get it you've still got to perform but also like we talked about sdsu being a freight train. And I would argue that at least since like Macy Miller, Maddie Giebert, this is the best shot they've ever had to make a run in the tournament. So like we mm-hmm. are dealing with a, and they played, I think AJ told me they played seven power five opponents this season. Yeah, so like we yeah, are we're dealing lot. with, we're dealing with people, a, a group who has battle tested themselves. Um, so I, I wouldn't even call it an ugly loss anymore. It was just tough. Nobody wants to lose by 30 to anybody. Um, so you're coming off that game at home extremely poorly attended as well i don't know if it was like snowing or people were just pissed about the, the previous game but <laughs> not a lot of support when they should i would argue like historically like you i don't know why people that wouldn't place support is that packed. team but yeah well and, correct yeah, yeah. in state um, rivalry yes so like i just can't understand that anyways that's a whole other we could do a whole podcast on that but <laughs> i they're coming off a rough game at home to their in-state rival Last time they played Omaha, I don't know the final score, but I know I remember Omaha playing both South Dakota schools quite close. Mm-hmm. And I know when I interviewed Elena, like I said, what's the game that got away? And she's like, obviously, we want SDSU. We want USD. Like we were so close. I know they're hungry for those games. So it's not like USD can look back and be like, oh, we murdered them last time. Like it's, you know, it's not like yeah. you should never look past an opponent, but it's not like they can even be super comfortable because it wasn't a big blowout. Right. Um, and I mean, I guess Omaha's on the road, but it's not a far road trip, you know. No, it's that's and and they're they're ready. They don't want to fall into the seven seed. And actually, beating USD is going to help them because they're only half game back. So they beat USD tomorrow. They're now they and USD swap places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they would swap places, and it's you know, obviously, then they have to go to SDSU, which is a whole nother battle. Uh, but Denver starts at SDSU. I don't see any, I barring SDSU getting twelve players kicked out for fighting or something like that. That yeah. never happened. I don't see any way that Denver comes out of that with a win. So if Omaha can beat USD, well, they were they were close in Denver too, though. Yeah, SDSU has played the first stretch of conference games first time through. They played some close ones here and there. But when it came time to to finish the game, they finished the game. And when they played the top teams in the league, they came out focused, ready to go. And USD, NDSU, UND, I mean, they they blew them out of the water. They didn't have close games against the top two or three teams in the league. Which is what, see, when you ask me if I'm surprised about them, that's what surprises me, is that when we were thinking like NDSU, SDSU in Brookings, how is this not on midco watch the deal like this is the biggest game of the season and it's yep. a 30 point blowout yeah and i but then they go to omaha i know they have tromaha that's what i call the the trauma from the 2021 yep. tournament <laughs> um i know we go to baxter we get a little get a little scared i don't know if it's cold or what it is but and then omaha's got the lead on him at half 
And they finished the road trip, go out to Denver and barely win that game. Yeah. Like I'm talking free throws at the end of the game. I think it was a 10 point game. Yeah. Finished at 10. Yeah. They... So I just don't, I just, I, I know how they play at home, but I also know that this is the summit league and I know that Denver's hungry too. Right. Yeah. They Denver's, don't, the trying way to, that Denver... Denver's trying to avoid the seven as well. And you know, they got, they're going to try and stay out of that. I just in frost. I I don't see it happening. I plus I think SDSU is beginning of the Summit League tournament. You might catch them sleeping a little, or Summit League play. You might catch them sleeping a little bit. But we're right. I mean eyes are on the prize where now. we're at now. Seven, seven games to to the championship game of the Summit League tournament. I mean they are. I I think they're locked in. I think they're ready to go. I don't think anybody's coming close the rest of the way. I think if if they come out hot in the first quarter, um, what was it at USD? Wasn't it was it like thirty five to nine at half or something? That was, they the, can do, that was NDSU with a 35 to 9 okay. in the first quarter. Yeah. But if, if they can do that, I'm I'm in no way concerned. But I all I'm saying is listen, Denver's hungry too. The way that Denver has played, they don't look like a sixth place team right now, but they they're still right right underneath that top half. So yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine Omaha beating USD tomorrow? Denver beating USD on Saturday. USD is now seven and nine. Yeah. And yeah. Omaha's eight and well, they'd be eight and eight if they split. If they split. Yep. I'd be eight and nine if they split. Or eight and nine if they split. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, USD would then be sitting in the seventh seed and have to go to Oral Roberts uh yet that that following week and then close with Kansas City. It'd be tough for him to get out of it. And if... Omaha would be the five. Yeah, Omaha. So that's that's what I'm saying. Omaha. Here's my thing about Omaha. Omaha is two wins away from being the five seed. That's what I want people to understand. They are two (laughs) wins away from not from being safe from the play-in game. I mean, if they win, if they win two games, you know, there's a chance they could get all the way up to the three. I mean, they there's no if they go out and win their third. Yeah. Yeah. Depending how the rest of the chips fall, it it all depends if NDSU, UND, or Oral Roberts take control of it or if they're just going to keep win loss win loss win loss here the rest of these four games and and leave it open to anybody so it'll be very interesting obviously the goal uh in summit league play is avoiding the sdsu side of the bracket so really you don't want to be the four or the five or the eight or the nine is kind of what you're shooting for even if you're in the play-in game the seven's better than than the eight right so are we um are we going to talk st thomas western we sure can. I St. Thomas and Western. So here's the deal with St. Thomas and Western. They're both five and ten. Okay. If either one of them won out and either DU or Omaha lost out, that would move St. Thomas or Western to the seventh seed and avoid SDSU, right? So they're not like they're not gonna get to the top half. Neither one of them can get to the sixth seed. I don't I don't think. Um, but they're fighting for something and they're fighting to avoid SDSU. Yeah, they could Here's potentially the they, if if they so they can't win out because they have to play each other. That's what one I was just going to yeah. say. Only one of them can win out because yep. they're playing each other on Saturday. <laughs> so um, if one so of that's but if what one of them super excited. Yeah, if one of them goes wins 3, gets to 8 and 10, I mean theoretically they could get as they could get as high as the 6, I think would be as high as they could. Could they get, get to the 6? Yeah, if Denver and Omaha yeah, actually, drop, they could. drop both uh lose out they they could climb all the way up to the six so see but then that's the other thing only one 
one of Denver or Omaha is going to lose out because they're the other travel partner game next week. Yeah, it would come down, it'd come down to a tiebreaker because they would end up, they'd both end up eight and 10. And I don't know where that tiebreaker would land. So they would go um, head to head first. Which, and then after that, they would go head to head down the conference schedule. Which I believe would be, if it's Western, I believe it'd be a split. So it would be interesting to say the least. But yeah, I mean, what it's going to come down to is who, you know, who do you think, if who lands, who is SDSU looking to avoid in the four or five? If there's two teams they, they, don't wanna, in the four five? they don't want to see in the semifinals, um, that they'd much rather play on Tuesday instead of Monday. You know, who are they hoping doesn't drop to that spot? ORU or Omaha. That's who they don't want to see. Because again, Tromaha, no more needs to be said. <laughs> Omaha trauma. We're nothing else needs to be said. And um ORU is feisty in Sioux Falls. And they were feisty in Frost, and now they're dropping 90 points a game. And they like to do that. Mallory said to me today on the podcast, she said, I don't want to play a 90 point game tomorrow. And I was like, yeah. well, good luck because yeah. they're coming off another one. Like they yeah. like to do that. <clears throat> um, so I think SDSU wants to avoid them. I, I would, I know people are going to say like, well, UND, NDSU. Yes, but they blew them out. Yeah. So they're not like, that's not, even though they're playing well right now, like, I don't think that's something that they would AJ is a one game at a time type of guy. So he's going to take everyone seriously. They all, that's how they've always been. But exactly. um, yeah, I, think I don't, it, think, I'm, yeah. I'm leaning more matchup wise as to who can give him the most trouble before Tuesday. And I, I would agree. I think it's ORU just because of how they can score. That's that tends to be how SDSU kind of hangs their hat is they'll get, they'll get up on you by so much that you can't catch them or use a team that can, they can go on a 10, 15 point run and in a hurry. Um, and so I think they're the they're probably the team that can get given the most trouble. But it should I said be earlier fun. that I thought um you know how the Summit League account is doing the every Friday in February they're doing the bracket, what the tournament would look like if it started today. Yep. I made a bold prediction last week that's maybe not even so bold. And I said, Hey, I'm predicting at this point that both championships, men's and women's, are SDSU over you. And I still think that that could be, I still think that's the case. I think it could very well be the case if uh, ORU doesn't fall to the four on the women's side. Would be the I know, watch that tomorrow, happen. I'll look like a clown. <laughs> it's okay, though. Plus, NDSU is getting to the championship game on the men's side. S- SDSU ain't getting there, so I don't, I don't know what you're talking about over there. We'll see. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a blast as usual. These last four weeks should be fun. Um, a lot of good a lot of good gate it's not like uh the last few seasons where there's been well you got a couple of teams that can flip flop the two and three and you got a couple that can flip flop the five and six but there's a lot of teams that are set in stone at this point there's on both the men's and women's side two through six and seven are pretty fluid yet so dog pile yeah um well, makes fun games to watch about- that's the thing about everybody getting there too, is it Kansas city could walk on water in Sioux Falls. We have yeah. no idea. I don't think so. I think they're just dealing with too much right now. That's not going to happen, but it it doesn't matter. Like it matters where you are, but you're there. You're, you're there. not fighting to get there anymore. Everybody's got to win three games. That's all there. All there is to it. It's just how easy it is for you to get there. I always look back at the, what I always bring up to people is when Georgia won the sec men's tournament. I don't know how many, probably seven eight years ago now but they were like nine and 21 or something like that and won the sec tournament and made made the ncaa tournament it was 
or won the SEC and yet made the NCAA. It was wild. So that can certainly happen. Uh, we are completely out of time. My my meeting link is going <laughs> to kick us out here shortly. Yeah, so, Zoom Premium. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, not everybody's is paid for. Not so everybody I, can. <laughs> as long as the beer in Sioux Falls is premium, I'm good. Hey, it always is. At least they charge <laughs> premium prices. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a ton again, Madison, for joining me and talking some some league women's hoops. And we will see you at the summit. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. Thanks a ton to Madison for taking some time to join me. Uh, make sure to check out her on the Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. Um, kind of going around the league. She does a lot of great interviews with uh, different coaches, players, um, you know, around the league on that podcast as well. Uh, so, heading, we talked a little bit about it with Madison, um, but heading into this weekend, uh, NDSU's got, got Kansas City here Thursday night. Um, big game for the women to make sure they get back on the back on the right track here. Um a lot of things not going going very well in Kansas City at the moment. Uh, they've lost four straight. They've had some injuries. Had some players missed some games. Um, so it should be a game. Uh, it's one NDSC went down one on the road earlier this season. Uh, now back home, uh, even coming off a couple of tough performances. I think they refocus here uh, and should be able to get the win. Uh, and then comes comes the big matchups this weekend. Um, Oral Roberts comes to town. Currently in the three-way tie, uh, along with UND. Uh, UND and ORU play Thursday night. So that's definitely a game to watch uh, how that one goes. Uh, we'll swing a lot of things one direction or another for NDSU. Um, you know, if ORU wins that one, that comes to NDSU, and NDSU can can knock them off, uh, that definitely helps the situation. So um, UND wins, then NDSU definitely needs to beat ORU. Otherwise, things get get a little murky uh trying to avoid um SDSU uh in that in that bracket at the summit league tournament so ORU uh is one uh you know had won three in a row actually quit five or six in a row uh but then they just got dropped and got swept by St. Thomas and and Western Illinois at home uh last weekend so um not not good game they lost by five and by six their competitive games definitely not their best performances um but st thomas and, and western illinois are, are the ninth and tenth uh eighth and ninth place teams in the league so um not not good performances by ORU by any means so they'll be looking to write the ship a little bit here uh this weekend but having to do so on the road uh at und and at ndsu so uh, just look for the ladies to, to be a little bit more poised, uh, shoot a little bit better uh, on their home floor. Uh, that'll be key uh, to them coming out of these games, um, continuing to work hard on the defensive end, uh, especially against ORU. That's a that's a team that can really score it. Um, you know, even in their loss against Western uh, on Saturday, they scored 85 points. So um, they're, they're a team that can definitely shoot it. They're a team that can definitely score it, um, it as we discussed uh, with Madison um, you know, Hannah Cooper, um, is <laughs> been a scoring machine, uh, for them this season, uh, with tw at 20 points a game. Uh, and then Teresa Moore, um, who's been there and been, been a stud for him for a while, uh, 13 and 11 a game. And she gave NDSU a lot of problems down there the first go around. So, uh, need to slow those two players down. I, I think a lot of it just comes down to, defending without following uh ndsu has really struggled to do that 
And if they continue to do that, they're going to continue to give good, good free throw shooting teams too many opportunities at the line, uh, which makes it tough to come back against. So um, good defense. Don't fall. Uh, shoot a little bit higher percentage, um, you know, and, and NDSU can get things back on the right track. So get out to the shack. Uh, it's the last home games of the season for the ladies this week. Um, Thursday night against Kansas City at 7, uh, Saturday at noon. Uh, that game did get moved up an hour from 1 o'clock to noon uh, against all Roberts. So get out, pack the shack for them. Um, you know, last two home games for the ladies of the season. So let's give them a good showing before they hit the road for two and then head to the Summit League tournament. So we will see you all out there, and then we will catch you back next week. Um for the last regular season episode of the podcast before we head down to the Summit League Tournament.